Here we are again, Alex. Again. To take you behind the curtain, folks, we just spent about 10 minutes talking yeah. about Bianca and Dreshu. We're going to do it again. But Alex... My computer decided to stop working. So, so we're going to do it again. We're back, Alex. Let's just read the Now it's intro. 26 minutes until the Blue Jays game. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so we're, we've, we're a hockey podcast primarily, but today there's two other pieces of other sports I want to get to. Uh, Antonio Brown, but we can save him till later. But first, let's talk about the feel-good story. 19-year-old Bianca Andreescu winning the U.S. Open. You watched it? Uh, I did, yeah. I, I watched it too. I I used to watch tennis, and then I started. Then I kind of stopped. And I'm not gonna lie. On her first, when she went on her first run at, I think it was Indian Wells, in the U.S. I started watching her. Started watching her specifically, and now if there's tennis on TV, I'll surprisingly have it on. Like, not as, like, a thing just to keep on the TV, but, like, to actually watch. Uh, so, she's 19 years old. Uh, first Canadian <clears throat> first Canadian to win a major title. Men and women. That's insane. First Canadian. She's 19, Alex. She's your age she's my and age. a year younger than me. <clears throat> yeah. And she was the first player born in the 2000s to win a major. First woman in the Open era to win a title in their U.S. Open debut. The youngest woman to win a major since 2004 in the U.S. Open. First and then the first teenager to win a major since 2006. That's nuts. We we talked about in uh, in our first take uh, how inspiring it was to see someone so young succeed yeah. like this. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a for me it's a little weird because they're my age like or they're our age they're pretty much like our age at this point like you look at in tennis specifically you look at uh felix ozialiasim you look at denis shapovalov you look at uh bianca andreescu and, and then you look at other sports too like you look at someone like rj barrett who grew who grew up in canada then went to duke and now is playing in the nba or even like Mitch Marner. How old's Mitch Marner? 21? 21, 22. I'll look Pretty much close to our age. Matthews. Uh, longest pl- the youngest player on the Leafs is Austin Matthews. Yeah. Like, uh, 22 years old. That was amazing. Even like, so, even this is a little bit different. Like Rasmus Sandin, who's, who's 18. I mean, he's from Sweden, but it's still the same idea that they're our age and look how far they've gone. And I know a lot of people think, wow, like that just seems impossible. But for me, at least, it's one of those things that says, look, they can do it. Fine. Maybe I maybe I can't be a professional tennis player or a professional soccer player or a professional basketball player, something like something like that. But maybe I can do something that I love doing. And I think that's what we're doing right now. Of course. Uh, and we also talked about, you know, the Raptors and what that run has done for basketball in Canada. To think about what Bianca has done and how she will now help grow the game of tennis in Canada. And I find it a couple years, not a couple years ago, at least a few years ago, at least when we had Milos Raonic and Jeannie Bouchard, who were like, they were really, it seemed like the first player, Canadian players for me who I saw really push it up there, like get to the top 10 
in their in their rankings and it, it didn't really work out for them but there's a I find it being a big difference between those those two players and the three players that we have today in, in tennis specifically the what they're doing like their inspiration to younger players I feel like these this group of players are more inspiring than than though than Milos and Genie and I don't know why I don't know if you get the same sense but from what I've seen uh on Twitter on Facebook on just social media in general and just from talking to people who watch tennis I get the impression that these 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 three players have a different presence and it was funny because yesterday I put up a story on Instagram and I got a response right away saying how how she, how her, she just has like a personality off the court and she's very composed, very classy on the court. And it's funny because in hockey, we always say that all oh, players don't have a personality, right? Very few players. Very few players have a personality that we know of. And it's... It's nice to see that there's there's players who actually have a personality on and off the court specifically and who and who are close to our age and are kind of relatable in a way. Yeah. Also, you've probably seen this, but she at the moment I saw it, I think every single Canadian in the world thought this. Oh my god, all people are going to talk about is how she apologized to the crowd oh my for god. beating Serena. I love that. That was such a like a Canadian thing. Yeah. Like as soon as she said it, and all over Twitter, it was it was just her apology, and everyone's saying that's the most Canadian thing ever. And I thought that was that was just hilarious. Yeah. Well, again, let's just say it one more time. Good for her. Congratulations. Oh, she's also now officially number five in the rankings. Oh yeah. I was wondering that because what was she? Yeah. Only, wasn't she, she only was, twelve? She was fifteen. Fifteen. That's insane. She, yeah. And what? Is it, she's beaten every top ten opponent she's faced. Yes, she, I think she's eight and zero. It, God, incredible. Um, well, let's move on to some hockey. Uh, I remember saying I said sorry. I said that Mark uh, Ivan Barbashev, great start was going to go to the KHL. Uh, a few days later, he re-signs with the Blues. Uh, I just want to admit I was wrong, <laughs> and I will never be wrong again. He signed for 1.475, two-year deal, AV. Solid. That's not bad. No, not at all. There's nothing much, to, nothing much to say there, like 26 points, 80 games, uh, six points in 25 games in the playoffs last year. He's also, he is 23. You know, he's got room to grow still. He was a good little player. Um, I remember he got suspended in the cup final, but that's uh, that's all I could really remember from his little run there. But um, anyway, uh, I'd say the biggest story in hockey this week definitely has been young Clayton Keller. Uh, of course, signs an eight-year extension with the Arizona Coyotes. Next year, my favorite tweet, tweet of the week, I don't know his name, if, uh, forgive me, but... Um, Someone said that it's hilarious that next year's RFAs are signing before this one. Uh, he signs with an AAV of $7.15 million uh, per season. Of course, lasting till 2027-2028. Alex, first of all, what are your thoughts on this deal? I'm not going to lie. I, I think this is a deal. This is the future. This Sorry, this type of deal is the future of the NHL. I may explain to you why. In years previous, how were p players paid? for what they've done or what they will do.
used to work was when you were younger, you weren't really paid. It was kind of like, ah, oh, don't worry, kid. You're going to make your money a little later once you've actually won something. Now, of course, you'll remember that once Matthews and Adol started signing, it was, well, they haven't won anything. And the reason people were saying that is because that's the way it used to work. But yeah, nowadays, it was like you're saying they were paid for what they did at that point. Now it's turning into you're paying them for what they could do, what and, they can be as a player. And I, I think that's how it should be. I know a lot of people disagree with disagree with that line of thinking. But for the most part, the players that are being paid eight-year contract, eight-year deals or seven- or six-year deals at high AAVs, most of them turn out to be pretty good players. I think the earliest case of for what someone's going to be, I can remember, is the Vladimir Tarasenko contract when you first remember that. So that was, uh, that was what, an eight-year, $7.5 million AAV. So uh, going back to Clayton Keller specifically. Um, I don't mind this deal. No? I think it's it's another case of, like, I was so, that's kind of what I was getting to, that it's another case of it's he's going to get paid for what he's going to do. Is is he a seven point one five? Is he a seven point one five million dollar player right now? Maybe not necessarily. Looking at the points he's put up, uh, six forty seven last year and sixty five the year before. Necess not maybe not necessarily. We also have to take into account he plays for Arizona. Mm -hmm. Now this year it's going to be a little bit different. He has Phil Kessel right. He's is he he's most likely going to play with Phil Kessel. Yeah. If the goal who's the if Antti Ranta stays healthy, or Darcy Kemper plays like he did last year, I don't see this deal being a problem. Look, they have younger players. Jacob Chick Chickerin. He needs to stay healthy. Twenty one, only getting better at this point, right? Uh, Derek Stepan st still. A legit top six center. Yeah. We don't need to talk about Oliver no. Ekman Larson. No, we don't. Nick Schmaltz, who's just signed a seven-year extension. Mm -hmm. Maybe he didn't have the best uh, year last year. Christian Dvorak, only 23, only getting better. Mm -hmm. And then if they, who else do they have? They have Michael Grabner. I know he's 31, but he could still put up some points. He has what you need to succeed in the NHL nowadays, and that's speed. Right. So there's still the, there's still the, there's you're able to succeed with this team if players stay healthy. And he was one of the few players who actually played the full eighty two last year. So exactly. So he's built. I think he has the skill set to succeed. But at the same time, now that he's getting paid, or next year when he starts getting paid, he needs to produce so that he. You can't look at that team and say, you know what? Clayton Keller isn't putting up points because he's playing on Arizona. I don't see that being a viable excuse anymore. Mm -hmm. And and we know he's capable of, because of that rookie season, 23 goals, 65 points. Uh, on the Dangle podcast, they're making a great point that, remember, his rookie season one where, where Arizona didn't win a game for about a month. But every night it was, they've lost, but oh my God, look at what Clayton Keller did. And... Um, me and you are fans of the analytics. Yes. And, of course, Rachel Doria, who I think we both are fans of, yes. um, likes the deal. And as someone who doesn't understand analytics, but if I see someone like Rachel or an Ian Tullock that look at it and say, he's good, and they have those fancy, you know, the Charts. heat maps and yeah. that, 
if they say he's good, then I'm like, yeah, all right, good, solid. But yeah, like you said, it's up to him um, to prove it. And I think another example of, sorry, I think another thing that comes of this deal is also with this new owner that Arizona has. It looks like they're willing to spend money. They gave, of course, OEO that big deal. They took on Kessels. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, like you said, and, and Clayton College. So. It'll be interesting to see how this new owner, um, how he works with the team. Because you saw it in Carolina, right? Last mm. year. Okay, Tom Dundon didn't necessarily want to spend a whole lot of money on, on management and coaches. And yes, it it really it technically yes it paid off, but at the same time I I see where he was coming from. He he didn't want to spend millions and millions of dollars on all this stuff and it not work out. Mm-hmm. So I think last year was a bit of a test run. You saw he paid Don Waddell, he paid him yeah extension. Match the offer sheet on Sebastian. Ma- Aho. Matches the offer sheet on Sebastian Aho. So I think if if it's another Tom Dundon quote-unquote Tom Dundon situation, I think that this is exactly what Arizona needs because I think we've both seen in the past that Arizona right now isn't the strongest market in the NHL. It's not. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. But I think it has the potential to be a a good market that the NHL can get money out of. Yeah, and Nashville is an example of a market that wasn't strong Well, look at Las Vegas. Not not even Nashville. Look at Las Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. Hockey in the desert does work, we know now. Right. Um, I guess moving on, I mentioned that this uh, next year's RFA is before, our, of course, this year's. Um, how do you think the Keller signing affects, if it does, the RFAs we have now? I, I really don't think it has an effect. Not even on, let's say, a Brock Besser, who's a pretty good comparable? or Well, I think we know what Brock... It, it's quite known what Brock Besser is looking for, right? Well, it's seven mil times... I think what, three or four. Term? I think it's three or four-year deal. Mm. It, it's, it's a tough one to say, you know what? It's going to have an effect. I mean, it could. like it, But I really don't think that... Like anyone's budging, you know who everyone's waiting for, and I know you're gonna hate me for saying this. There's two players that that people are waiting for. I, I know who number one is, but who? Braden Point? Are you saying number two? Yes. Okay. I right. think a lot of people are waiting for those two deals, Marner and Point, to get done because those guys are. Look, think about it. Who are the two best players on the restricted free agent list that is star still there? Uh, yes, Braden Point. Yeah. And you could argue Marner, yeah. So You could say go- Line A if he didn't go two months without scoring, but yeah. If Line A was consistent, I would say I would you put, put Line him, A I think you could put him with the other two. But yeah, right now you are right with those two. Yeah, that's fair. Those two players are going to set the high bar. Yeah. That, so if Marner or... or Point or whoever signs for the most, they set the bar at the top. If Marner signs for twelve million, which I would be really pissed off at, that's the highest. No one else is getting paid more than twelve million on this list. If Marner gets paid ten, or Braden Point gets paid ten and a half, no one's going above that. No, it sets the bar and it and it essentially sets the market. So I don't think the Clayton Keller deal, maybe, sure, I guess you could argue someone like Brock Besser, sure, could look at 
the Clay and Keller deal and say, you know what, this is something I'm going to get, but I think he's going to wait. And a lot of these players are waiting until the big, big players sign. It's definitely now comparable for a GM or an agent to use. That's yes, that's for yes, sure. yes. Um, let's just keep going <coughs> with signings, I guess. Joe Thornton. We all know he was going to re-sign with the Sharks, but he does. His 22nd season in the NHL, uh, $2 million per. Thoughts on the deal? Uh, this is his last year in the NHL. You think? He's 40. This, the, listen, I we talked about it last week, right, with Andre Markov. Mm-hmm. The, the league is only getting faster. Yeah. The league is, like, you know what I mean? Like, how, like, unless he, what... Okay, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but what does Joe Thorne bring to the table uh, he's other than the, his leadership? Because he's I one know. of the best playmakers in the league still. He he had 50 points, 51 points last year, 16 goals, 35 assists. Okay, he's one still, bad move, and he's out for the, the rest of the season. He has had some issues with those knees, yep. we know, but yep. right now, he is looking good. I agree. There is something to be said that at any moment, that could change, but I think for right now, it's a safe deal. Again, one year. Did you see the interview he did? No. It was really funny. So he says, he's like, at first, uh, it's like a media scrum. He says, well, at first, Doug mm. came out with the, with the Eric Carlson deal. I said, no, I don't want that much money. And we had to go down. It was it was really funny. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw that quote. That was, uh, so shout out to him. And I guess another signing. I want you... I want you to talk about Jake Gardner because I'm trying not to lose my mind about this. Okay, so can I let me read you this quote I found? I know what you're gonna bring up because I saw you like the tweet, and I don't want you to bring it up. Oh, Jake Gardner it? signs a five-year deal with the Carolina Hurricanes, four hundred, sorry, four million five hundred. God damn it! Uh, it's just, I'm so mad about this. I can't even look at this right. Four million fifty thousand dollar. Poor year. He doesn't get a race. I can't find... Oh, a fun way to look at this. This is from someone called Fat Sunday. Yes, yes, yes. They helped them do with the Aho thing and that helped Carolina. A fun way to look at this is the Habs offer sheet on Aho made him more affordable and allowed for the Canes to sign Gardner instead of him going to Montreal. That's that's all I'm going to say about Montreal. Um, now, Gardner did have a deal from Montreal, apparently. There were other teams. There everyone... were four teams reportedly looking for that had a deal with Gardner. That had a deal, sorry, giving a deal to Gardner. Now, I'm, I'm going to look at it from a Leafs perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gardner's, I think, personally, Gardner is a good player. Um. Mm-hmm. There's many Leaf fans who would disagree with me, but mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of fans who would agree with me. Now, we know he's error-prone, right? We both agree that he's error-prone. Yes. Def- defensively defensively error-prone. Sorry, yes. Defensively I, I would rather error-prone. say he is defensively inept. Okay, sure. At times. Sure. Yeah. That is true, but I think he brings something to the offense that the Leafs would need now i'm going to explain this to you because or to the people listening everyone i everything i read on twitter was complaining that kyle dubas screwed up because he brought in cody cc instead of jake gardner now i mean because cody cc signed a one-year deal four and a half now i'm gonna put to you in simple terms 
would you rather have five years of Nikita Zaitsev or one year of Cody Cece? Oh, obviously you take the one year of Cece. Right. So this is from I'm gonna I'm gonna read you this thread. I hope you don't mind. It's a little bit long, but it, it's it's a pretty good explanation. It's from Phantom Stretch Pass on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it says, okay, if we're going to argue about CC, let's make sure we're all on the same page. So he- there's a timeline. June 25th, qualifying offers are due. So CC is qualified by Ottawa. July 1st, CC is traded to Toronto. July 4th, CC is signed by Toronto. Uh, and then there's like July 5th, there was the deadline for salary arbitration. 15th, the qualifying offers expire. And the 20th, arbitration hearings begin. So, the walkaway threshold for teams who don't want to pay what is awarded in arbitration is 4.397. So, anything above that, I don't. you cannot walk away from. Okay. Right? Make sense? Mm-hmm. CC's qualifying offer was 4.3. So he had a choice. He has a choice. Accept the qualifying offer at 4.3 or take uh, take it to arbitration or negotiate with Toronto. So assuming Toronto looks at this, if you let CC go arbitration, which is the most likely scenario, he may get two years at 4.3. Instead, they opted for one year at 4.5 instead of risking the second year. But are right? you allowed at arbitration to walk away from the player completely? There's a threshold, apparently. So the walk away... Oh, it has to be above 4.3. That's when you can walk away. So and he ended up getting 4... They agreed to go 4.5. So right. Could, so they, they signed it because they didn't want... They signed the one year at 4.5 because they didn't want to go to arbitration and the arbitrator may or may not off give the give them a second year. Would and if they give them the second year, that screws them. Would you say it was safe to say, though, that that arbitrator would have awarded CC above that threshold, though? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because I think because what a the lot whole, of people the, would say is, why not just walk away? But the I that's what that's what I thought too. But the arbitrator isn't there to look out for the team. Mm-hmm. It's there to look out for for look at the team, and at the same time look at the player. So they, he looks at Cody Cece. He says, "What are his past contracts?" He looks at his past contract. He also looks at what he's done. Right? That's how they determine what the salary is. They don't look at the team and say, "Oh, if we offer, if we say screw it, we'll give him a year at four point five. That means the Leafs can just walk away. They can't. They can't. That's not something that they take into account. Now, but to be fair, it was the arbitrator who gave Cece that one year four point three. So I'm going to give you my argument here. Based on, A, his past with the arbitrator, and yes, of course, that guy is there to be... But it's not. there's different arbitrators, right? It's not always going to be the same arbitrator. I, I think it's fair to say, of course, we don't know, and this is pure speculation, but also, I think you could have traded CC as well. If there was, I don't think. I apparently there was no trade market for Cody oh, Cece. Never mind. Really? I, I was interested in like the Oilers or something or the Canucks. Really? There was nothing. At four point, but again, four point five. It's that number. He obviously wasn't going to sign for less. 
if I, I this now Kyle Dubas is obviously a, smart, a smarter man than I because of the position he's in. But if it was me, I would have just gone to arbitration and taken the risk and then walked away because the fact that that uh, that that Cody Cece is making nearly half a million dollars more. You could have kept him, but then again, no, who knows how it would have went. He's not making half a million dollars more. He's making the same. No, Cody Cece is making 4.5 this year. Jake Gardner is Oh, making... as Cody Cece or as Jake Gardner. Yes, okay, and, I yeah. thought you meant in general. By the way, can't we just point out, it's hilarious how Jake Gardner makes less money than Carl Olsner and makes only about half a million more than How did this get to Sherrod? being... How do we get to... Ah, oh, whatever. We'll get, back to J- we'll get back to Jake Gardner. But yeah, give me your argument. Um... And then, yeah, so I, if I was him, I'd take the risk based on how Sarbury's uh, salary arbitration went last year. Right. I would hope that it was above that threshold. I let him go, and then boom, just like that, I have the money. No, if it's target. above that threshold, you can't walk away. You can't? Yes, that's what I said. This is uh, Arbitration sounds really dumb. It says the walkaway threshold for teams who don't want to pay what... Oh, sorry, yes, yes. If it's above 4.397. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I would I have taken the risk. Now, 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 again, because of the cap situation, he has to be careful and understand that. And again, hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously. But, um, but at, at the end of the day, <coughs> it now looks like the Hurricanes have another great defenseman. And one of their other great defensemen are leaving. Which will probably be Justin Falk. Who, I heard that I would... Yeah, that's what I, I heard, too. Justin Falk more than Dmitry Filipovich? I don't know. Did you see the tweet? No. It was... Uh, so they were talking about... Someone mentioned, oh, moving on from Justin Falk, and Dmitry Filipovich said something along, along the lines of, oh, but look at the four more talented <coughs> defensemen he's looking at while he's quietly moving away from the net front's presence. So apparently he's not very good. I think Carolina's on-ice save percentage was actually the worst when Justin Falk was on the ice. So, uh, yeah. Um, I guess quickly, let's talk about some retirement. Um, wait, wait. We didn't even talk about the Gardner deal. I don't want to. I, I think it's a about- great deal. Oh, it is fantastic. I'm so angry. Wait, can, can we just go over their defense core before we go to the next, yeah, next part? Okay, Jacob Slavin and Dougie Hamilton. Fantastic. Theoretical first pair. Whatever. Jake Gardner, Justin Falk. Um, yeah, there might be a lot of goals against. Whatever, but, but like that—that's of... like left, right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, stupid. Uh, then they—I don't—I don't even know who you put like Hayden Flurry and Brett Pesci. That's not. Fun. And then you still have Gustav Forling and Trevor Van Reems, like if you if you want as a fourth pair. That's ins- imagine if they still had uh, they still had Jeff Skinner. Oh man, I wonder if Jeff Skinner regrets leaving Carolina. Uh, I wouldn't if I got nine million dollars for the next eight years of my life. But anyway, um, retirements. Uh, Nick Cronwall has retired after playing his entire career at the Red Wings, winning a Stanley Cup in that time, and of course, famously, whenever he would destroy someone, it was called getting Cronwalled. Uh, see, the, the weird thing with Nick Cronwall is he played his best hockey before I started playing. I mean, not playing. I wish. Um, before I started watching. watching the game. Um, so I don't, I can't tell you some of, of, of the moments that I know Nick Cromwell for. I think the thing that me and you think of when we first hear the name Nick Cromwell is him hurting Austin Matthews last season. Yeah, pretty much. That's all I know about Nick well, Cromwell. Um, he'll stay with the team, staying in the role of assistant to general manager Steve Eiserman. Uh Congrats on a great tour. Ah, congrats on a great career to Nick Cromwell, though. Yeah, man. Uh, 953 games played. 
I I don't know like what else to say. Like he's pretty like. From what I heard, he was pretty good. Yeah. Back in the day. Um, another kind of retirement, but not for sure. Justin Williams is stepping away from the game for this season. Yeah. Let's just say he retired just for for this discussion. That or he'll pull the uh the. Who was, what's the name of the old Predators? Oh, captain? Mike Fisher. Mike Fisher, where he'll I, retire yeah. and just show up for a That's That's run. what I was thinking, that that's what he's going to do. Now, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's played almost, he played uh, 1,244 games, 786 points, three-time cup winner, and a one-time Conn Smythe winner. Mm-hmm. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Um, I, no, not to me. What would he need to be in the Hall of Fame? I want more Norris trophies. Want more Norris trophies. Um, Norris trophies. Yeah, Nick Cromwell's a defenseman. No, I'm talking about Justin Williams. Oh, Joe, sorry. Oh, God, no, no, no. He doesn't even have 800 points. Let's say that again. Three-time cup winner. Okay. uh, Conn Smythe winner. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 786 points. No, 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 no. And twelve hundred. Just no, no. It's not like Peter okay. Forsberg where he got hurt okay. and had a bunch of points. I mean, he's played. No, he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, I okay. respect him a lot, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, okay. let's talk about Antonio Brown. Oh, I've been waiting. The former Pittsburgh Steeler. Now I've got a bit of this timeline that Sportsnet put, so I'm oh, going to read yeah. you kind of the saga that was Antonio Brown and the Oakland Raiders. March 2019, Brown traded to the Raiders from the Steelers for a third round and fifth round draft pick. All right. Uh, then, of course, Brown and the Raiders restructure his contract to pay the receiver $50.13 million over the next three seasons, $30.13 million guaranteed. But then, of course, he refused to play for them as long as he was being required to change his helmet. Then we go on. Uh, cold feet. Brown got severe frostbite on his feet after entering a, a cryotherapy machine wearing improper footwear. I didn't know about that until I saw that. Pretty funny. Early August 2019. Brown reportedly threatened to never play football at all for the Raiders if he wasn't allowed to wear his old helmet. Early September, Brown, quote, got into it with GM Mayock uh, in a disagreement that could lead to the team suspending him for conducting... Oh, sorry. For conduct detrimental to the team. Detrimental. Oh, I'm so dumb. Oh, my God. Detrimental. Because he missed, to the team. Oh, he missed quite a few practices. Uh, he's, from what I've heard, like from what I've read, it doesn't seem like he's a great presence in the locker room. But by the way, this was about two, three days ago. The season starts tonight. So all this yeah. early September, this stuff happened about two, three days ago. Um, well, he got released yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. September 6th, he posted his first video to YouTube that appeared to feature a private call with the head coach of the Raiders telling them, sorry, coach saying to Antonio Brown, quote, please stop this blank and just play football. This was, And then on the 7th, Brown posted on Instagram, you're going to piss off a lot of people once you start doing what's best for you, along with the comment that implored the Raiders to release him. And, of course, again on the 7th, um, Adam Scheifler reported that the Raiders fined him more than 200 k and voided the $29 million of his guarantees. Then, of course, later that day, he was released. And then, of course, like we all knew was going to happen, he signs with the Patriots. 
I, I'm not gonna. There's so much I have to say. I don't even know where to start. I don't know a lot about football. Neither I know do he I. Was a problem, but, but like you just do your thing. Okay, so I don't know if you saw the Vancouver Canucks post. Oh no, Vancouver! No. Did you no, see the Vancouver? I saw it. I. That's what I. That's what I was like so excited to talk Is about. Is he Canadian? No. Nope, nope, Why was he with n- Vancouver? Why? I don't know. I guess they were just trying to have some fun. No, Vancouver, no. He goes, Canucks training camp starts Thursday. You in? And then they tagged uh, Antonio Brown. And then he resp- he retweets it with the response, see you there. And then literally two hours, two or three hours later, he signs with the Patriots. Now, it's funny because as after he got released, a lot of people were joking around about him going to the Patriots, like as a joke. So... One of them from Rachel Dory goes, I, for one, cannot wait for the Patriots to end up with Antonio Brown. As someone who doesn't like football, I'm here for uh, maximum chaos. Mm -hmm. Literally four hours later, he gets, there's there's an announcement that he agreed to terms with the Patriots. Did you then see his his next video he put up? I think it was on Twitter or Instagram of him react quote reacting to the news of him getting released. Yes, it was a YouTube video, Freedom! right? Yeah. yeah, he was just running around. That was probably and, really loud and, into the mic. I'm sorry. It's okay. And it's funny because there was uh, an athletic article, and I don't have the person who wrote it. The name's not coming to me right now. That said that Brown wanted to be a Patriot all along. That this was the plan. And then this morning, I heard I watched this video on Twitter okay. from NFL on ESPN. It's from Chris Bordenson, works for ESPN, obviously. Said, Antonio Brown sought advice from social media consultants on how he could accelerate his release from the Raiders. I find that... I, I don't know... Like, I just find that a little bit ridiculous. And I get it. He didn't really have uh, say on where he was going to go because he was going to get traded. But play out your contract. Like, just play. Like, you, he literally lost $30 million. He had guaranteed $30 million. Now he's now like he just kind of lost it. Now his contract's fifteen million and nine million in signing bonuses. I guess he's made enough money in his life. Now he just wants to win. I guess he's not. Yeah, I guess he's not complaining. From the moments the Steelers got, no, they didn't make the playoffs, did they? Because they had that really bad kicker that cost them a couple of games. I remember. But anyway, the moment their season was over, it was very very clear that. That he is, was done there, and that that was a sign, I think, for Oakland. They shouldn't have done, shouldn't have gotten him, but you know. Um, so you'll never guess. Do you know who New England plays? Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how he, how much he missed the cutoff to play in Week One? How much? One hour. Really? Oh. One hour, and he would have played against Pittsburgh. I mean, we would. I would have loved to see how that gone. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um, I want to give a shout um, to Sidney Crosby. Yeah. I thought this had already happened, but his QJMHL, QJMHL team, uh, the Ramuski, are retiring his number this year. That's nice. Um, of course, if you ever have you ever looked at Sidney Crosby's QJ? No, but I can imagine his stats are crazy. Let me get these up for you so I can give you a sense of how unreal this guy was. Um, so, 
playing for the Ramuski Oceanic, by the way, the same team that Alexis Lafreniere plays for right now. His first season, 59 games played, 54 goals, and a total of 135 points. Then 66 games, uh, 66 goals, 62 games, a total in his second year and his draft year there, 168 points. Oh, my points. God. And by the way, he followed that up with 102 points in his rookie season in the NHL. Wow. So that's, Oh, he's good, or I guess he's good or something. I don't know. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. He's okay. Let me just quickly look up Connor McDavid's, uh, his numbers in uh, Erie. In Erie, yeah. Um, just carry the show. Talk about how important Sidney Crosby is to this game and just how much we don't appreciate him. Well, be, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I think there's quite a few people who appreciate him. I'm one of them. For context, in his... Okay, he did play about 15 games less, but Connor McDavid had 120 points uh, in 47 games wow. in Erie. So just to give you a sense of how amazing those two general play, generational players are. I think, yeah, and I think Crosby, I think, Listen, hockey is is an already big game in Canada, right? Of course. Oh, yeah, of and course. And I think he, him being Canadian and and being in the NHL has grown the game in Canada. But I think the fact that he's playing in, uh, in the U.S. has at the same time grown the game in the U.S., which is, which is what I think Gary Bettman and the NHL really want. Would I have lo- would I have loved to see him play in Canada uh, for a Canadian team? Oh, for sure. As I think as a Habs fan, the same team Sidney Crosby rooted for growing up. Yeah, I've I've had dreams a couple times about what if Sidney Crosby was a Montreal it would, Canadian. It would be it would be great, but I think even though he's playing in the U.S., I still have massive respect for him. He's a great player. Well, he's more than a great player. He's undescribable, and yeah. Now, do you want to talk about John Tortorella? Um, oh, I almost forgot to do that. Because I have a, I have a fun fact, but I'll save it for the end. Um, let me just get up the, uh, let me just get up the quote. Sorry, I thought I had this up, but uh, it turns out I do not. Um, let me just get it. So yeah, John Tortorella is is easily probably one of the best quotes in NHL history, right? Oh, for sure. Like he he will talk and talk and talk, but then sometimes he won't talk and he will tell you to. Uh, I'm not gonna say it, but so he'll say some not nice things. This is Matt T from the Score. Uh, quote: Piss Tortorella vents about free agent departures and the Zach Wierenski negotiations. Of course, the Carolina, sorry, no, the Columbus Blue Jackets are having a bit of a problem right now because they've got. RFA and former Calder Trophy finalist Zach Wierenski do right now. And, of course, he's part of the whole RFA class that are waiting for Mitch Marner to sign so they can get their whole thing figured out. So, um, along with last season, of course, Sergei Bobrovsky, Matthew Shane, Artemi Panarin, and as well as uh, Ryan Dezingle all left the Columbus Blue Jackets after a second-round exit to the eventual Eastern Conference champions, the Boston Bruins. So... This is what John Tortorella had to say. Quote, I have a tremendous amount of respect for all of them. I do, Tortorella said. But don't talk about goddamn winning like you want to go somewhere else to win. It's right there in front of you. I respect them all, but I don't want to hear it. I want to win when it's right effing here. I respect them, but I'm really pissed. It was right there where we were all progressing. And of course, they asked him about Zach Wierenski, and he said, I'd be terribly disappointed, the coach said. 
I'm not involved in the business part of it, but for a young man to win to miss one minute of camp, it disgusts me. He's really gone, grown as a player. I just don't want him to miss a beat here. I won't be disappointed. I'll be disgusted. Okay, I I get his uh, the free agent with Matthew Shane, Panarin, and Bobrovsky. I get that. Like he's right. Like if they could, I think if all three of them stayed, I think we're talking about a contending team, right? Oh yeah. Now, where I have pro- where I have a little bit of a problem with is what he said about Zakharansky. What exactly about that? Well, I think I think I understand where where he's coming from. Uh, I like, of course, you'd be disappointed that he's not there. But the fact to go out and say you're disgusted is is a little bit of a it's a little bit of a stretch because not everyone can be David Pasternak and play for the love of the game. Oh, stop right? it! Like I, I'm just saying, like, I, and and I know, like, to play devil's advocate, Tortorella has been around for a long time, and he was part of that generation of you don't get paid till you actually win something. But I guess it's. It's part of but he's a coach. We're not. Ta- I like the thing is we're not talking about like fans. I don't expect fans to adapt the same way that a coach adapts to what's happening in the game. You know what I mean? Like I expect general managers and coaches to adapt to how the game is moving forward. So the fact that yes, uh, the players are going to start being paid for what they will do instead of what they have done. A coach. The jail manager and an owner all need to understand how that how how th- this is what's happening. So I love John Tortorella as a like he's a great quote. He's I think he's a good coach. I don't really agree with the the fact that he's disgusted. I understand why he'd be disappointed. I think any coach should be disappointed if a player isn't there for training camp. I get. I believe he's mad, and I get it. You've lost all these players. You have to take a real bet on Jonas Corpusalo coming in and being your best goalie. Um, the only support you got in the offseason was an overpaid Gustav Nyquist. Um, I, I get it. And I just love whenever I see a nice little Tortorella thing come up on my, my timeline on Twitter and that. So, um, Alex, last episode we talked about to start the show, a lot of uh, how Kiprios, Shannon, and McLean were all gone from Sportsnet. And um, Pierre McGuire hasn't been, of course, fired from NBC, but he won't be on the aid broadcast team anymore. Um, being replaced with our good old friend, uh, I think his name is uh, Brian, Brian Boucher, Boucher, who apparently has been one of those guys that... Up and comers. Yeah. Now, I understand the problem a lot of people have with Pierre McGuire. Um, and as a Habs fan, remember, if, if anyone remembers, he made that joke about, oh, this pick's right off the reservation when he when the Habs picked Carey Price. Now, of course, he didn't, because if for those of you who don't know, Carey Price is actually indigenous. Uh, his mother's actually a, like a chief of a tribe over in Anaheim Lake. Now, of course, he went on, he apologized, he didn't mean it like that. Price forgave him and everything. It was no big thing, but I get really mad when I see people get excited about somebody's job yes like this yeah, yeah. um this is probably a big dream for this guy and he loves doing this job and i could imagine one day if i was in his shoes and i was part of this big broadcast team and all of a sudden i was demoted 
I'd be heartbroken about it, and I know you would too, Alex. So I, yeah. I think people need to just calm down and have a bit more respect for a guy. I so I was doing some reading on this about this specific situation. And listen, I'm not I'm not about to argue with you. I agree with everything you said. Uh, it was a matter of <clears throat> I think there was more of a decision being made between who it's NBC, right? Yes. NBC and Pierre Maguire. There were I think there were some like I, I, I can't confirm this, but I believe there was like some health issues, some personal issues. He did have cancer, did he not? Let me look that up. But yeah, go go. But on. there there was some. I think it was, there was more to it than than just him being demoted. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a matter of I think maybe he's been. How long has he been doing it? A while. He yeah. did. Yeah, he did have colon cancer in 2017. I think there there's probably he wanted to do less games. I don't think it was it was NBC going to him and saying you know what we don't want you doing all a game like the a games anymore. So. I think there was more to it than people uh, assumed. Okay. Um, fair enough. But at, at the same time... But I agree people, with what you're yeah. saying. Yes, yes. I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying there was more to it than a lot of people thought of. Um, I told you, Alex, I didn't want you to go on Twitter because there's a bit of news. Um, I've been on Twitter the entire time. We've talked about Andre Markov a lot. Yeah. Um, there was a sit-down interview with LDS and uh, Mark Bergerman. Where Mark Bergevin said the Habs are not interested in Andre Markov. Saying uh, in the sit-down interview, um, quote, two years ago his contract was due. We made an offer, efforts were made to sign it, and he chose another direction. That was the KHL, it was two years ago. Signed, uh, since that time, things have changed. The, players ha- the player has aged, the organization has changed direction. He goes on to talk about the young players who I mentioned last week, Alex Romanoff, Josh Brooke, Victor Mete, Noah Jolson. <coughs> and he goes on to also talk about giving those young guys a chance. So uh, it looks like Andre Markov will not be returning to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, of course, the 40-year-old has played 990 career NHL games, recording 119 goals, 572 points, tied with, I believe it's Larry Robinson, for the second most points in Montreal Canadiens defenseman history. Um... I gave you my thoughts about this last yes. week. Um, I think it's it's the right thing to do. Um, but I will try my best to go to Andre Markov's return NHL game to Montreal. Is all I'll say about that. I So I have two facts to end the show. Mm-hmm. Number one. So this was a tweet from Adam Schefter, uh, senior NFL insider at ESPN. Mm-hmm. So Patriots tried to trade for Antonio Brown in March, but Steelers did not want to trade him to a rival. Of course. So instead of having to give a pick a pick or picks for him in March, Patriots got Brown without having to compensate another team in September. That is my fact. That is that is fact number one. Oh. Okay. Now I have a question. Can you name me the last player? For the Carolina Hurricanes to wear number 51. Was it? I think I saw this. Was it? He played one season there. Was it? I can't remember his name. Um, He was a Bruin and the Leaf, of yep. course. God, it's, a, it's the defenseman. I yep. can't remember his name. Um, He's Czech. Yep. It's Tom, Tom, Thomas Caverlin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Tom. yeah. Leafs legend. Perfect. I remember watching him, Leafs legend Thomas Caverly. Uh Montreal Canadiens legend. 
Yeah, he played for Montreal played too. Played one season. We don't like talking about that though, do we? Alex, any Atsi, before we go, one more thing. Uh, rookie showcase is going on. I want to give a shout out to Jake Evans, um, Nick Suzuki, and Harvey Picard, who are look who looked really good last night against a losing effort to the Sens. Same with uh, Caden Primo. Um, their goaltender, of course. Um, they play the Jets tonight, who got destroyed 8-1 by the Sens early in the tournament. Awesome. So, yeah. It's, it's at that point where I'm so desperate to watch a game, I'm watching the rookie Are show. Are you watching the rookie show? I watched the game. Oh, I, did. I didn't watch the third because they were losing 3-1. Oh, no, I did watch it. I, I was so fo- – like, I know the Leafs played yesterday. I was so focused on tennis. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I, even, I forgot. Happily, only like an hour after the tennis ended, the oh. game was on. So I probably won't watch the one tonight. But, yeah. All right, Alex, anything else to say? No. Okay. It's a good episode. Yeah, I agree. Uh, technical issues aside, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. listeners. See you later. Have a good one. Yeah. Wait, follow us on Twitter that right. on Instagram. That's all in, in the thing below. Uh, rate us on, on, on iTunes and that. Yeah. Awesome. If your listeners are out there. Because the only person I know who listens to the show is myself to see if it was good and my mom. So. No, man. We get some listeners. Do we? Yes. Oh, lead, let us know, people. I mean, get involved. Why not? Spread the word. Share us on, on everything. There you yeah. go. Awesome. Love you guys. See you. <laughs>